The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. There's nothing further. If you would, Brother McNeil, you come and say what you want to say and pray our opening prayer for us. And you be in prayer for him and for Brother John Morgan Owens as well. Thank you, Brother Chris. Appreciate calling on me. Appreciate the song service. Um, today I was sort of wondering why I should wear a suit on a really long road trip. <laughs> I think there might have been a reason for that. Anyway. I don't have anything very deep to tell y'all tonight. But I think what I have to tell you is the message of the child of God. That I hope that as you go out through your life day by day, you would have it in the front of your mind. Amen. Now we just sang a song that said, let us labor in his house, let us labor in his fields. And that's what you're doing tonight. Right. Now you were just, you sang and you were laboring, even though it didn't feel like labor, right. in his kingdom. Amen. And now that may seem superficial. Listen, there's a promise that goes with that. Amen. I'd like to read that to you. It's over in Isaiah. 40th chapter and the 31st verse. Now I'm sure this verse has other angles, but I think this angle closely applies to what we're doing here tonight. Isaiah 40:31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now I run a little bit, and um, there's a couple running comparisons in the Bible and uh, that one hit me pretty crazy I mean pretty hard because it said they shall run and not be weary (laughs) see I know if you want to run and not be weary that takes a lot of work you know you have to run a lot of distance to be able to run and just not be weary and to be honest I mean I run a good bit and I haven't got to that point yet (laughs) I mean I still get tired pretty easy when I run so anyway this, there's what you're doing here tonight is laboring. Yeah. And as you do that, there's an added benefit. There's a promise that God has given us. Amen. And that promise is, they shall run and not be weary, right. and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. That's right. That does not mean not faint according to the world's standards either. Right. Okay? You as a child of God will not, will still be weary. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But there is one aspect that does not change, okay? It's not, it does not wear, it does not grow faint. That is what Jesus did on the cross for you. Right, amen. And that, that does not go away. Amen. It doesn't fade with time. Amen. It doesn't disappear. Amen. And as you're laboring, the Lord will bear you up. Yes. And to those that look around you, it may not seem that way. But a couple weeks ago, Brother Buddy stood up at the end of the service and he said, there is far more peace in waiting for the Lord when you do not know what is going to happen than maybe waiting for something outside of the church and knowing what's going to happen. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you, Brother Buddy. Amen. And I hope that as you labor in the kingdom of God and as you, and the kingdom of God is not just the church. Right. It's those around you. That's right. Yeah. 
intercourse is in heaven. Amen. But as you labor with the fellow children of God around you that may not even be in the church, you can remember that you were laboring. The Lord says, you can walk and not be weary, and you can run and not faint. And there's, I don't have time to go through them all, but there's hundreds of other places where He says this, maybe in a more indirect way, maybe in a more direct way. But I want to encourage you, as you do what you are doing here tonight, and you labor, that you would keep that in the forefront of your mind. It may seem that there is no added benefit. Mm-hmm. But listen, there is. Amen. And the Bible is doesn't necessarily teach instant gratification either. Right. You gotta keep right. that as a right. yeah. as a added uh right, which, um anyway. <laughs> That's an aspect of it. It's yeah. not instant right. gratification. That's right. That's right. Right. It says you sow, you reap what you sow, you sow what you reap. In due season you shall reap if you faint not. In due season. That's right. Remember that. Okay? You do what you're doing here tonight. There is a benefit. And it may not come now. But it has, it will come in one way or the other. Amen. Come now, and I, I'll tell you what, I know it's going to come when the Lord comes back. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. I hope that has encouraged y'all. Amen. And um, I go to the Lord in prayer and, uh, for Brother John Morgan as he comes before us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before your throne of grace tonight, asking you again to send your spirit down upon us like a dove, Lord. Mm. That you would bless Brother John Morgan as he comes before us and bless his efforts to um, edify us in the doctrine of your word and that we may have something to carry throughout the week to bless us as we go throughout this life. Lord, thank you for the promise that you've given us of laboring in your fields. Yes. I pray that whenever we feel like we are not seeing the labor that we have put into the kingdom of God, Lord, that you would maybe give us a, a sign order. I know that sounds very, um, I mean, unstable, weak. Mm-hmm. I pray that you would, Lord, and, I, and it's such an encouragement to see a church like Zion like you have here, Lord. Mm-hmm. You have so many people laboring, Lord, when it seemed like they should just turn their back and just walk away from this area. Mm-hmm. But you had men of God praying to you daily mm-hmm. and saying, Lord, here we are. We are waiting on you. Lord, we are trying to serve you. Will you please show us what to do? And they acted on that when the Lord told us to do. And here we have a thriving church, a light of the community that continues to bless people today. Thank you for your love that you've bestowed upon us. Yes. And the cross, Lord, the power of the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to burden men today and speak to them. Yes. Through your word. And that they could come speak to us and show us the picture of Jesus. Amen. We love you. And um Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You continue to pray for Brother John Morgan. Amen. Amen, Amen brother. Praise God. <laughs> Uh, it's it's funny, uh, Brother McNeil. We were uh, 
at our Bible study on Monday nights. We have a Bible study uh, on campus that everybody's welcome to come to. Um, but, but this Monday night we were talking uh, about the Word of God and about studying the Word, and for some reason we got off into talking about feigning. And not and, and often happens we, we it just sort of devolves into talking about feigning around the McCools as their as as their physical actual feigning. Uh, but we were actually talking about spiritual feigning uh, in the Bible, and we got to talking about it. And it's like we would try to move away from it, and it kept circling back around. And uh, I've talked with Luke Hagler about it since then, and he's he's been studying on it, and so it was just funny. Uh, so I'm sorry that I got my phone while you were while you were uh, up here speaking. And I had to text him right away. I said, he's, he's talking about fainting up here. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, that's, that's very encouraging, brother. Amen. Very encouraging. Keep, keep studying. Uh, I'd like to talk to you uh, about the gospel this, this afternoon. Um, and uh, Meredith would tell you, for some reason or another, we got off this weekend watching videos of different preachers from from out there in the world, televangelists and all sorts of things. And, and I'm telling you what, that will get you fired up uh, because, because of how they use the ministry to fleece the flock of God and how they, um, and how they preach all kind of doctrine. And uh, it got me so excited to be here. Uh, I, don't, I don't recommend just, just sitting there and feeding on that too long because it will, it will sort of have an opposite effect. But... Um, I, there's something that we need to understand about the gospel uh, of God is that it is not a fearful gospel. Amen. Um, if you ever hear somebody in this pulpit or anywhere else preach any gospel of fear, mm. you need to tune it out. Amen. Because that is not the gospel yeah, of our right. Lord. Uh, Genesis 3 and, and, uh, and verse 10, this is the first mention of fear. This is the first time fear ever comes up. Genesis 3 and 10, uh, verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? This is Adam has already sinned against God. He's hiding now. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. This was not, this was not something of God. Right. This, is, this fear that he has is a result of sin. That's right. The fear that we experience now is a curse. That's right. It's something that we experience because of sin. Amen. When you when you feel fear, you can rest assured that that's not of God. That's right. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7 Paul says to Timothy, he's trying to encourage this 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 young preacher. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't know how old he is, but life expectancy being a little younger back then and and then he talks about him being a young man. He had to have been probably you know, maybe early 20s. He was a young man. He might have been even less than that. So he was trying to encourage his brother not to be afraid. And he says in verse 7 of 2 Timothy 1, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Fear is not of God. That's right. So, so don't listen to a gospel of fear saying uh, that, that, it, that if you don't do right, you're going to go to hell. And, and I've tried that. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I, I, back in 7th or 8th grade, I remember hearing about a friend. It was shocking that I heard about a friend that didn't know the Lord, that didn't believe in God. And that just rocked my world. And, and so I was like, I've got to go talk to him. And I prepared a little outline of what I was going to say to him. 
And essentially, it, it revolved around how terrible hell's going to be. Right. And I was trying to scare him. And you know, it, it didn't work. Hey, it didn't work it, because that is not the gospel. It won't. That's right. That is not the gospel. That's right. Also, the gospel is not an angry, Amen. hateful gospel. Amen. If you hear somebody preaching good doctrine in, in a hateful way, that's almost as bad. That's almost as bad. Uh, look with me at Colossians chapter 4. Uh, I, showed, I showed Austin a video. One of the videos that we watched was this, there was this preacher... I don't know what he was preaching because the video didn't show that, but he got out of the, out of the pulpit and, and was calling out some little kid that had fallen asleep and, and saying, oh, well, I love you, brother, but you know I'm important. You listen to me. And, and then calling out somebody who was going to get married there because they weren't attending regularly. And, you know, you're not worth uh, 15 cents and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, whoa. You know, even if he was preaching truth, yeah. Which I doubt it. But if yeah. he was, Amen. that is not the way to do it. Amen. If somebody, if, if one of these brothers uh, starts doing that to you, you need, you need to see what's happening with him. That's you need right. to find out what's going on. Try to encourage him a little bit or something. Right. Uh, Colossians 4 and verse 6. It says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know what, how you ought to answer every man. I think salt here... I believe salt is referring to truth. I think Brother Buddy has preached that before. I agree. It's, I think salt is something that preserves. It's Amen. the truth. Um, and so you would think that it would say, let your, let your speech be all the way with salt, with truth, mm. and sprinkle some grace on it. That's how we often do it. Right. Because these preachers were saying all these terrible things and saying, I love you, as they walked away, as if that was going to patch everything they just did. Uh, that's not what this verse means. It says, it says, even if you have to go a little light on the truth, yeah. you'd be heavy on the grace. Amen. Let right. your speech be grace and just season, just pour a little truth on it. That's, right. that's how we ought to interact with one another. Amen. That's how the preaching ought to be. Uh, that's how we ought to interact with people who, who maybe don't understand uh, or don't understand what we believe. Right. Um, Ecclesiastes uh, 10. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 10 and verse 12. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 12 says, The words of a wise man's uh, mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. And it says a wise man. You would think that you would think that a, a person who is preaching the gospel would uh, would be a wise man. You would hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says that that preaching should be gracious. Yes. That the words of a wise man are gracious. Think about that in your lives. Right. As you're going out there as a child of God, not only as a child of God, but as somebody who is pressed into the kingdom, somebody who is a member of the church. Uh, you ought to be a wise person. You ought to be. You ought, your speech ought to be filled with grace. Amen. Also, uh, the gospel is uh, is simple. It's not it's not complicated. A lot of people get uh, afraid at, at words like predestination, and you know what? Big words scare me too sometimes. But it's not complicated. That's right. You, you want to know what what the what the gospel is, and we ought to preach this every day. We ought to preach this in our homes. 
we ought to preach this to ourselves and exhort ourselves is that Jesus loves me. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's what the gospel is. That's it. That's it. You know what? The the word tells us that Jesus loves you. Yes. And you'll be with him forever. That's what the gospel is. Amen. You want to boil it down to that? That's what it all is. Right. And we can and we can get as complicated, we can we can dig as deep in that as we want to. Right. You can never exhaust that sentence That's right. Amen. of God's love for us. Amen. You can never reach the depths of His love. And I, I, I look forward to spending eternity just exploring the depths of that love Amen. for us. Amen. But, don't, but don't, ever, don't ever get discouraged thinking, oh, well, the, the Bible's so complicated. Mm-mm. Always remember this, Jesus loves you. Right. And you will spend eternity with him. That's right. Amen. That's what that's what this this word is telling us. It's that's a right. love it's a love story. Amen. It's Amen. the greatest love story of all time. Um, because it's it's real. That's that, that's what's so great about this fairy tale. Right. Amen. Is that it really does uh, have a happily ever after ending. Amen. That's right, brother. Um, and so I want I want to go through the gospel, and I hope I hope to sort of hit all of the 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 points in the gospel that I can. And, and, and I want to lay it out and, and hopefully show you that we, we believe in a simple gospel. Amen. And I think a, a good place to, to look at that um, is in Romans, Romans 8, yeah. Romans chapter 8. But uh, before we get there, while you're flipping there, let's, let's take a pit stop in Romans 5. Now the, now, the gospel is not going to mean anything to you at all whatsoever uh, unless you're born again, right? right we know right. that. Amen. Uh, but, but before that even, the, the gospel tells us, tells those people who are born again of their, of their state, of yeah. their, the state that they were in. That's right. And it tells us of the state of all of humankind. And if you don't get this, if you don't get the fact that you are totally depraved in yeah. your nature... Then, then none, none of the else, the else of the gospel is as rich to you. That's right. You know, right. There, when when I feel like I am on top of the world, you know, the the doctrine of grace doesn't doesn't really have that much appeal to me. That's right. You know, what can the Lord offer me that I don't already have? That's what I feel like sometimes. But when I realize that I am bankrupt Amen. and wicked, Amen. that that I am just as evil. And as wicked as Hitler, as yes. as any serial killer, I'm Amen. wicked to the core. That's right, brother. When I feel that, when I really feel that, yeah. then then the love of God takes on a whole new meaning. Amen. 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 That's right. That's what we ought to think about. That's what we ought to remind ourselves of. And that's what this doctrine of total depravity tells us. Uh, Romans five, and we'll look at verse nineteen. This this whole this whole chapter is really laying out this point, but I think nineteen says it very concisely for the sake of time. It says, For for as by one man's disobedience, referring to Adam, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. This this tells us that the human race is plunged into sin in Adam. That's right. When Adam sinned, we all sinned. He was our representative. Yeah. So before you were even born, you were you were condemned to hell. That's yeah. what that's what the result of that that's is. Right. And now that you are born, guess what? 
you're condemned to hell because of your actions. That's right. Too. <laughs> Amen. So I, I'm a I'm a sinner by nature and a sinner by choice. Right. I'm double bad. That's right. <laughs> but I love it here that that if we can get the fact that of the original sin, the sin of Adam con- condemning all the human race, then we can also get the fact that that the obedience of Christ, that He was our representative in the same way that Adam was our representative. I didn't ask Adam. Adam didn't ask me. I didn't have to accept his gift of of sin. He did that. And the same way, it says it's the same way the gift is given uh, of eternal life through our representative Christ. Um, Psalm 14 and and, uh, verse 2 and 3, you don't have to turn there. This is, this is the passage that says that the Lord looked down through time uh, and He saw that, that none would do good, none would seek Him. No, not one. Uh, this tells us that the whole entirety of human race, not just in, not just in space, but also in time, all, all of the human race, uh, that none would seek Him. Uh, none would do good. So moving on from, from the depravity of ourselves, which is a depressing subject, but one that we need to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moving on now to Romans 9. Romans 8, I mean, sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> we don't want to cut Romans 9 yet. Romans 8 mm-hmm. and 20, uh, 28. I'm not, I'm not scared of verse 28. Amen. Amen. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Yeah. Amen. 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 Right. Amen. I'm, I'm excited to read these things to you that he's yes. talking about. Yes. It says, for whom, not for what, but for whom right. he did foreknow. Yeah. Uh, this is referring to his a, election. Amen. That he looked down through time, he saw that none were good, but yet, through his his sovereign love for his people, Amen. he chose them out. Amen. All right. Now, this is something that will that will uh, that will disturb a lot of people, right. and and they will think that this is super complicated. Um, and they'll say, well, you know, how can the Lord send some to hell and some to heaven? Well, for one, he's not doing that. That's right. Okay. Amen. He is not he is not predestinating a group to go to heaven and a group to go to hell. Amen. That's right. And that's what, that's what Romans 9 says over here. Uh, verse 13, it says, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Uh, what shall we say then? Okay, he, he, Paul's anticipating what people are going to say. Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So this is not about God choosing a people to be condemned. Right. It's about Him choosing a people to be saved. Amen. Choosing a people to, to show His mercy to. That's right. We are all going to hell. That's right. Everybody's going to hell. He, he, he scoops up His people out of that. Okay, that's, that's what the doctrine of election and predestination is about. Okay, right. it's not complicated. That's, that's it. Right. That's, that's, that's all it is. So He, he foreknew us. He also did predestinate. Okay, so the, the election here, the foreknowledge, uh, is actually something separate from predestination. The foreknowledge is when He sees His people. Yeah. All right, He elects you. Yeah. The predestination is when He sets your destiny to be in heaven. Amen. That's all predestination means. That's right. Uh, he, he's, we, I used to believe that predestination meant everything 
through time that ever happened was 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 worked up in the mind of God and it's just going to happen that way no matter what. And and that that is not when you read the word predestination it never right. ever occurs in that context. Right. Now, no doubt, you know, maybe I was bringing that belief out of some scriptures that talks about God interfering and and being providential and no doubt he does that. Yes, Amen. he does. Um, but when it talks about predestinate, all it means is His people will be with Him in heaven. Amen. That's the gospel. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. Uh, this calling, I, I believe this is, this is referring to the new birth. Amen. I, I believe that's what it's talking about. Right, right. Um, and, uh, and that is a sweet moment in which the work of God, where you actually get to, to touch a little bit of that, where you actually get to handle a little bit of Him. Because up to this point, you, you, you have not been involved whatsoever. And at this point, in the calling, Jesus uh, comes to you Himself and speaks to you by name. The, the Word, uh, Austin and I were talking about this a little bit before church, and we were looking at this Word and it means to call or to name. Mm, yeah. This is this is this is not just a hey, yeah. you know, yeah. come to life. This is something intimate where he calls you by name. Amen. And and it says in, in John five twenty five, it says, uh, the hour is coming now is when the dead shall hear the, the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Right. Okay. Amen. So the voice of the Son of God Himself comes to you. Mm. Uh, so don't think that that your new birth was something just just um, Ho-hum. This is right. something Amen. miraculous where That's Jesus right. Himself, uh, are you getting this? Jesus Himself comes yeah. to you yeah. and, and He calls you by name and says live. Amen. That's something Amen. special. Amen. Amen. And then, so at this point, He is blessing you. He is blessing you to, to feel a little tenderness toward Him. Mm. To love Him back. And like I said, this is the greatest love story of all time because... This tells us of someone before the foundation of the world, yeah. before time began, who loved his people, yeah. loved his bride. And then at this point, this is when she begins to love him back. Amen. This is when it happens, Amen. when he calls her, when he calls her by name. And then whom he called, then he also justified. Now this, I believe, is referring to when he died for you on the cross. Yeah. This is when you are uh, redeemed. That's right. Uh, flipping back to Romans chapter five. Romans chapter five, and we'll look at verse six. <clears throat> now, now remember this this chapter. Like I said, is a good chapter to show uh, your depravity. It's a good chapter to show the original sin, that doctrine. Uh, it's also a good a, a good one to show uh, God's sovereign act in redeeming you. Uh, Romans 5 and um, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, and due time Christ died for the ungodly. I, I always, when I read this verse, I have the image of an infant. Yeah. Someone who is utterly without strength. Right. You know, I, I know that many of you are, are aware that uh, one of my nephews was born very prematurely. Mm-hmm. Very, like 23 weeks. It, it was a miracle of the Lord that he, that he survived. That's right. And, and I think that, that we're really worse than that because Amen. He calls us dead. But just, just to give you the picture, um, it, it would, 
a lot of times people think that we, we're going to accept him. We're going to accept this gift of his, of his, of his redemption for us. That, that would be like me tossing my, my little nephews, he was just born, out into a pool and saying, if you can just lift your hand up, I will save you. And if not, I'm going to drown you. Do you see how sick that sounds? That's right. yeah. Amen. Amen. But, we, but for some reason, when we blame it on God, yeah. we're okay with that. <laughs> Listen, when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. This is really hitting me in the gut right here. Mm. He's saying that if you were a good man, it might have been a little easier. Yeah. But you're not. That's, That's right. what he's telling us. That's right. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know what? We have a token of his love. If you ever doubt how much the Lord loves you, if you say, oh, I just, there's no way he loves me, I'm such a sinner. You know, you can look back to the cross. Amen. You can look back to the cross and He endured that for you. That's right. He's, he's, not gonna, uh, he's not just going to say, okay, one too many, sorry. Yeah. He's, already, he's already died on the cross for you. That's right. He has proven His love. You don't have to question that anymore. Yes. Uh, and, and also, the very fact that you feel that burden of your sin, uh, I, know, I know it feels bad. I, I feel it a lot of times. But you know what? Sometimes that is a sweet feeling because I can remember... I can remember that, uh, that, the, that the reason that I feel that is because He has given me a tenderness to Him. Amen. You know, people, people who don't have that, they don't feel that weight. That's right. They don't That's feel right. that burden. That's right. But God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Okay, here, here we're getting into this idea of, of time salvation. You know, that's something I think that's, that's very unique about the Primitive Baptists uh, and something that I think we can, we can overly complicatedly explain it to people sometimes. We'll say, oh, well, you know, there's eternal salvation and time salvation, right? <laughs> you know, that can sound a little complicated, but it's very simple too. Here it just says that, that God has saved us on the cross. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back to that and having, having that sign of His love for us, how much more then can we taste of that and rejoice in that in this life? That's what he's saying. How much more than being now justified by his blood in the past tense, way back there, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if we, uh, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know, looking unto Jesus looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that's how we can run that race. That's how we can run. Looking unto Him, we can save ourselves from a lot of things, rejoicing in in what He's already done for us. Back Back in Romans 8, it says, And them He also justified, and and whom He justified, them He also glorified. All right, so none has been left out so far. Nobody has, has skipped out on any of these steps. That's right. He says, them he also glorified. And praise God, this is talking about the resurrection. Yeah. This is Amen. talking about this is talking about when, when that marriage is consummated Amen. and when when we can stop warring with ourselves. Mm. You know that that I, I know that you are sweet people. I love every one of you dearly. 
but you are a wicked sinner. Amen. You're a wicked sinner. And I will and I will die to be next to you, even though you're a wicked sinner. That's right. But there's coming a day when we're we're gonna be able to put that away. Amen. We're gonna be able to worship the Lord. And he says that he's gonna translate this kingdom up to a heavenly kingdom. You know what I you know what I think? I think that we're going to experience worshiping Him in, in a very similar way than we have. Yeah. But just imagine it without sin. Yeah. Uh, imagine it uh, without this flesh to, to burden me and to bring me down and for me to have to start thinking about, oh, so-and-so, you know, sings like this. And, oh, you know, brother so-and-so, you know, dresses like this. We don't have to worry about that anymore and have to be, and have to be praying to, to stay in the Spirit and not quench the Spirit. That's and, right. Uh, that's not going to be a problem anymore. The flesh is going to be gone. This is a glorious thing. Please do not be afraid of the resurrection. Amen. There's nothing to be afraid that's about. Right, you know, there's that, I think that's one of the things that people try to scare you the most on. What's going to happen? How long am I going to have to sleep in the grave before I come out and see Jesus? How long is how how long are we going to have to wait for this rain once once He comes and all these sorts of things. When Jesus comes, you will be with Him. Amen. The end. When, when you die, when you are absent from your body, you are present with the Lord. That's, right. That's it. You're going to be with Him. Like I said, the Gospel is simple. It's, it really is simple. Jesus loves you. You're going to be with Him forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15. I'll, I'll uh, give us a verse on this uh, glorious resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15. And I want you to notice as we read this, just how, how excited uh, the Apostle Paul is getting when he's talking about this. I think he's pretty fired up. Mm-hmm. He has suffered much in this life. Uh, he is ready to go home. Aren't we all ready to go home? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes I can pray earnestly, Lord, come quickly. And yeah. there's sometimes when I think, Lord, wait a little bit longer. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready to see you, but I want to see my children. I want to, I want to experience these things. Uh, but you know what? If he comes, if he comes right now, Amen. it will be the best moment of our Amen. life. Amen. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? You know, there is, that day is coming. And I, I, I pray it soon. I hope it's soon. But there's coming a day when, when death is, is gone. It's out the door. It's is it the last enemy is death, and he is gonna he's gonna subdue it very quickly. So that is that is the gospel. That's the basics of the gospel. That's that's Romans eight is a good guideline for your studying for the gospel. Um, and and uh, just in closing, I'll add that that the Lord is so good that that these things. I, I hope you notice this love story. Uh, it doesn't. None of these steps involve you at all. Amen. You are the beneficiary of Amen. His love. Amen. Okay. That now there are some things that for you to do now. Okay. Yeah. Because when Jesus was here, He instituted a kingdom. That's right. He brought a kingdom. Amen. Uh, Luke sixteen and sixteen. 
Luke 16 and 16. I'm going to I'm going to wrap this up, y'all. Luke 16 and 16, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it. So I think what he's, what he's saying here is he's pointing to John. He's saying uh, the law and the prophets were until John. He's pointing to John as the last of the prophets. That he is, he is the last of, of the Old Testament. And I believe that he is saying, uh, obviously the Scripture talks about John pointing the way to Jesus. Yeah. And then he says, and since that time, the kingdom of, of heaven... The kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. I, I, he is talking about a kingdom that I believe that He had brought at that Amen. time. Amen. Already at that time. Amen. A lot of people think that that kingdom's yet to come. That kingdom, y'all, we're tasting of it right Amen. now. Look, look around you. This is the kingdom of God. Yes. That He is ruling and reigning over right now. <clears throat> and in that kingdom... When you're, when you're sensitive, when you're born again, and, you're, and you press into this kingdom, you press into this, this place in this world of sin, you press into this little sanctuary where God is ruling and reigning over. That is a sweet thing. Amen. Do you know that um, you know, a lot of times we, we look at this world and we say, this is God's world, and it is. No doubt. This, all of this creation is also a, a, a kingdom of His that he, that, he, uh, that he has created, and it glorifies Him. But we also know that there are a lot of things going on in this world that God is not involved in. That's right. There's a lot of things that, that, that Satan is stirring up. That's right, brother. Uh, and, and Satan occupies this world. Uh, this, is, this is like, I think of this as like France, when, when Germany occupied France in World War II. This is, this is God's world, but Satan has occupied it. Okay? And so in the meantime, we're running a resistance. Okay? And, and coming to church and, and pressing into this kingdom is like listening to those wiretaps from home. You know, we're listening to a little bit of home. Uh, and so in the meantime, in the meantime, while we're waiting on our, on our bridegroom to come back and to get us, we, we have this sweet outlet this sweet sanctuary in, in the kingdom of God. And this is something I think a lot of people miss out on. That we, we see the glorious gospel. We see how sweet and how simple and how peaceable it is. And not fearful and not angry. Um, and, then, and then the Lord is so good that He didn't just give us that. You know, He didn't just, he didn't just save us to heaven. He also gave us a little heaven to taste right now. Amen. And so through that we have... We have doctrines and, and all sorts of things we can study later, but we have, we have the fellowship with one another. Right. We, have, uh, we have baptism and, and singing and preaching and praying and, uh, and, and foot washing, all these sorts of things that the Lord has given us. You know, you know the, Lord, the Lord created us as physical beings. Right. You know, we, we sort of like to taste and to handle and to touch, and that's what the kingdom's all about. Amen. That's why we have baptism. You know, the baptism doesn't save you. Did you know right. that? That's right. You know, the baptism doesn't, doesn't get you into heaven. It's just Amen. water. Amen. Did y'all know that? Amen. It's just water. It's a lot of water, but it's water. Amen. That's right. Um, yeah. But what it does do is that it allows you to taste and to feel of, of, of what Jesus did for you. Yeah. You know, it allows you to be buried with Him right. and to come up. That's all it does. It's something that gives you something to look back to. Right. You know, in the same way with the communion service. You know, we're not eating 
We're not eating the body and the blood of Jesus. That's right. You know, but when you when you taste that that bitter wine, mm. some some people think it's sweet, but I think it's a little bitter. <laughs> and you taste that, and you you can remember that. That's right. And you and you eat that bread that's really hard to chew. Mm-hmm. You can remember that. Yeah. You know that is something that you get to handle of. And when you fellowship and when you hold onto one another, you're getting to handle the body of Christ. Don't you know that? You know that. I think of, of Joseph of Arimathea when he was when he begged them, let me have the body of Christ so I can bury him. And he handled it the body of our Savior. You know, I think about that. And I think about how we get to do that with one another. We can handle the body of Christ. Now we hug one another and love one another. So our God is a good God. Amen. He's a good God. He's given us, he's given us all of this, this wonderful uh, this, this gospel to tell us about what He's already done. But He's also given us this kingdom here. Uh, this kingdom to experience a little bit of heaven right now. So don't let anybody ever tell you that, oh, you pray to the Baptist, y'all believe in a complicated doctrine. Oh, that, that predestination, that's scary. It's, it, the truth is not scary. Amen. It is not scary. It is simple. And I'll say it again. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And so you'll spend eternity with Him. Amen. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.